Today is supposed to be a Sunday of peace. What does peace look like for you? What do you think of when you think of peace? And in particular, as we celebrate Christmas, as most of us have already put out our Christmas trees and we've begun the shopping, some of us ended the shopping, some of us begun wrapping presents and putting them under the tree, as we've begun, or begun writing the Christmas cards and sending them out, as we've started watching the movies on TV, if we're fortunate enough to have the Hallmark Channel, which you know I love, but I don't have because I don't have cable, um, some of us like to ruminate about what it was like when we were children, what it was like growing up, what it was like when the world was a better place, when everything was right with the world, when we could gloss over all the things that were wrong. I mean, most of us, most of us would look back and say, gosh, I just wish we could go back to yesteryear. But we forget about yesteryear was just as chaotic as today's year. It's just we've forgotten about those tendencies in our lives. What does peace look like? How do we envision it? How does it become realized in our lives? And for many of us today, as we come to worship in this busy holiday season, some of us have thought to ourselves, I just wish that we could go back to a simpler life. Or I wish that, gosh, my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my husband, my relationship with my parents, my relationship with my children, I just wish I could go back to just being like what it used to be. And we dream and we yearn for something that we've envisioned in the past, but it's not a present reality. And we psych ourselves into believing that by putting up a Christmas tree or by hanging some ornaments or putting some mistletoe in a hallway or by singing Christmas carols or wearing festive outfits, that somehow that's going to fix What's wrong in here? That's going to fix or mend the broken relationships or fix or mend the problems that our lives encompass that have become a pattern in our life story, in our life history. And sure, as we think about today and we think about peace, I bet you if I could give out or if God could give out a magic wand and you would have the opportunity to wave that magic wand and fix your life, there are things that you would tweak. There are things that you wish could be fixed. There are things that you wish that you could mend. There are things that you wish you could take back that you had not said. Or there are things that you wish that had not happened to you. Or things you wish that you had not done. There's also things that you wish you had done. There are things that we wish that we had said when the time was right. And so we're caught up in this moment stuck between what we want, what we desire, and what reality is. We're stuck between an ideal of a Christmas holiday that we see on the Hollywood screen that looks picture perfect. I mean, there's chaos. The movie starts, you're introduced to a plot, you're introduced to subplots, you're introduced to problems and anxieties and fears and broken relationships. But in two hours, everybody's life suddenly is mended. Everybody's problem or addiction is obliterated. And suddenly we end on a good note and we go back to the old Jimmy Stewart movie, It's a Wonderful Life. 
We yearn for that. We long for that. But the reality is that when we speak about peace, it's a word that we buy that's on our Christmas cards. It's a word that we utter oftentimes in churches. We will say, peace be with you, or peace to you, in some liturgical setting. It's a word that we hope and we yearn for and that we long. We want peace. We want internal conflict to go away. We want external conflict to go away. And if we're not careful, we will buy into the lie that our government is going to be able to issue peace or that our military is going to be able to issue peace, or that your counselor or your therapist or your medication is going to be able to issue peace in your life. And while those things in and of themselves, there's nothing wrong with them, and in some ways those things can aid us, it will never get us to the point that we experience the peace that you and I are yearning for, the rest that you and I are yearning for, the hope that you and I are yearning for. Because I believe everybody in this room wants to have a peaceful life. We want to live in a world where people are not blowing themselves up and killing innocent people. We want to live in a world where it's not about gun control, but it's about people having common sense towards a fellow man or woman and not taking a life out just because you can. We want to live in a world where not every country is seeking its own profit, but we're seeking the profit of everyone. We want to live in a world where everybody is peaceful, where nations seek the goodwill of others. We want to live in a world that is ultimately Christian and not virtually Christian like so many of us experience. We want to live in a world where Christ reigns, where we can experience the fullness of his kingdom. Guess what? That world is not of this world. The peace that we seek will never, ever be brought about by a politician. It will never happen as a result of going to the voting booth, regardless of what political affiliation you are. It will never be ushered in by having more military or more tanks. It comes through Jesus. The peace that we yearn for, the hope that we long for, the desire that we have to have every right perspective, have every relationship in order, it begins and ends in the person of Christ. You see, because peace is ultimately rest. When you look in Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30, Jesus speaking, he says to us, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He goes on to say, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This Jesus that was born in a manger that we looked at in Luke chapter 2 last week, who began his ministry at the age of 30 and through the work of 12 of his disciples, he turned the world upside down in a matter of three years to the point that Christianity would become the official religion of the Roman Empire by the 3rd century. 
This baby that was born in a manger, in a no man's land, in a no man's stable, who now time is defined by B.C. and A.D., even for those who choose not to believe in him, they still define time by him. This one who came has come and he says to his audience then and he says to us as his audience now, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. Let me, let me break down that for us today. This is what he's saying. Come, those of you who are tired of living in your mess. Come to me, those of you who are tired of doing life in an ordinary way. Come to me, those of you who are broken, those of you who have a pain that will not stop. Come to me, those who have been abused. Come to me, those who are abusing. Come to me, all of those of you who are angry and tormented and have a life that is chaotic. Come to me and I will give you rest. Peace. Peace is rest. When there is an insurmountable amount of commotion... Peace becomes the stillness of rest around the circumstances. And I'm immediately drawn back to the story of the New Testament where the disciples and Jesus are in the boat. And you know the story. Jesus is asleep in the heart of the vessel, the ship. The storm, a squall comes up. The disciples are terrified. They're afraid the boat's going to sink. And they go down, they usher into him, and they try to wake him up. He's asleep in the midst of the chaos. He's at rest in the midst of the chaos. And they get him and they wake him up. Whoa, 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 whoa. And Jesus says, peace, be still. And everything was calm. This baby who was born in a manger, this baby was born in a feeding trough, this baby was born so innocently has turned the world upside down. And this child that we celebrate at Christmas, his birth, is the one that can give us the peace and rest that we so desperately need. Because for many of us this morning, we would love just to unplug for a few days. How many of you, are you sick of the Christmas schedule? How many of you are sick of the Christmas schedule? I want you to think about it. You've got a party tonight, tomorrow night. I mean, you know, this, listen, where's the stupid bulletin? Where's that stupid bulletin? You, you look at that bulletin, it's of events and activities and warm and fuzzies to get us in the mood. Can we not love any other month of the year? I mean, I'm wearing red today. I, I really, you know, I really want to be a rebel and wear like gothic black for the whole month of December. Because the idea that we put every relationship and every event and every party and every social in the 30, 24 days of December, excuse me, December 1st, December 24th, and we want to get everybody in. It is hustle and bustle and chaos. It is anything but peace. And then you try, listen, you try as best you can family dynamics at Christmas. You've got in-laws, you've got other laws, you've got outlaws and everything else in between. And you're trying to compete with everybody's schedule. You want to be here and there, you've got to be here, but you need to be there. You want to be there, but you've got to be here, etc., etc., etc. We get so busy with the holidays, so busy with trying to schedule what needs to happen. Rather than focusing on the one who makes it happen. Peace. 
Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. Come to me, all of you who are ready to unplug the Christmas holiday season. Come to me, those of you who are just tired because you're tired. You're tired because you had a cookie exchange yesterday and you were up until 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning baking cookies. But you came, ho, 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 yesterday morning to do that. Yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, ho, ho, ho. You know, my favorite cartoon is The Grinch. I love The Grinch. The Who's in Whoville are so joyful. Listen, the Who's in Whoville don't have April 15th coming up. The who's in Whoville don't have to worry about the credit card bill that's going to come in January because every who and Whoville from the great and the small sing hallelujah and happy Christmas to all. I mean, that's just the way they are. We don't live in Whoville. We live in E-Town. And E-Town's got its issues. Why? Because E-Town is people like you and me that are pushed and pulled and tugged this way and that way. You can't meet everybody's expectations. But there's only one expectation that you and I need to focus on. And that's Jesus. Because Jesus is the only one who can give you and me the rest that we so desperately need. It's not going to happen by watching the movie The Christmas Story and thinking about, oh, 15 years ago, I remember when I first saw that movie. It's not going to come about by thinking about, gosh, I remember in the 40s when we went out to get a Christmas tree and we put that Christmas tree on top of our car and it was snowing, it was two feet of snow. And we went out and, and we had apple cider there at the place that we had a Christmas. And there's no apple cider to this day. There's no apple cider that can touch what we had in that moment. There was something about 1940s that just made the cider better. And we yearn to be able to see that moment. For most of us, we look at the past as a time that we want to seize that moment. We want to seize the goodness for what it was. When God speaks in the present and He says, Come to me, all of you who are weary, not that you were weary, not that you were burdened, but come to me, all of you who are weary and are burdened, and I will give you rest. You will find rest for your soul's present tense. And listen, instead of trying to seize the past, seize this moment. Seize this moment. Don't focus on what you could do, what you should have done, where you need to be. Focus on the here and now because peace is rest. We gain peace when you and I rest in Him. You will not find solace for your soul, comfort for your soul, comfort for your life by going to Dairy Queen and getting a chocolate sundae. You're not going to find it by going to Chick-fil-A and getting you a peppermint milkshake, though it's good. You come to Jesus. You're not going to get it by going to spend money at the mall, 
buying things that you're going to end up having to pay for in the future. Thinking that, ah, this will put me in a good mood. Listen, the person that needs to put you in a good mood is Jesus. That's where you and I get rest. And one of the critical, critical things that we really, really confuse is we equate peace with the absence of conflict. Most of us equate peace, uh, kind of a, we, we picture like Noah after the flood, and there's that beautiful rainbow in the clouds and the birds are flying. Or we picture an eagle, a bald eagle, flying and soaring over the mountains of the Rockies. We have that envision what peace is. Or peace might be having a little, a, little, um, a little cabin in the midst of a valley where there's nothing but green flowers. There's no poison oak or poison ivy. And we have a beautiful little stream, little stream going by where we can fly fish or trout fish or whatever it is we want to do. Beautiful crystal clear water. We have no cares in the world. There's no busyness of the city. There's no busyness of a job and workplace. There's just mountains surrounding us. There's a beautiful horizon out before us. The birds are flying. We can hear their voices. There's such sweet smells of the honeysuckle in the brush. And we just say, ah, I'm at peace because there's no one else around. Listen, if you're at peace when there's no one else around, you're a sad soul. Because God has never intended for you and me to be separated from him or separated from other people. Peace comes, rest comes through resting in the person of Christ. Peace, secondly, is not the absence of conflict or problems. It is not that the wars have ended. It is not that there is the absence of tumultuous activity outside of our lives. Listen... Peace is a state of being. Peace is Christ in the midst of the struggle, the conflict, the storm, the chaos, the brokenness, the depravity, and everything else and every other adjective that you want to use. Peace is not the absence of conflict. It is the presence of Christ in the midst of your conflict. That's how someone can go through a very tumultuous road, a tumultuous walk, a tumultuous ride and still soar because they are existing in a state of peace. Come to me all of you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. One of the problems that we have with peace is we focus on temporary things to try to give us the peace that we want and desire. If you and I, listen, if you and I want to find rest for your soul. You see, your, your life can be at peace, but your soul can be in torment. Everything around you can be good and happy and joyful. You can surround yourself with the greatest of things and the greatest of people. But just being near to good things and being near to good, uh, goodness and being near to righteousness or being near to that which is right and pure and holistic is not necessarily going to affect this because peace is a state of being 
Your outlook will ultimately determine your outcome. Our outlook always determines our outcome. It is, do we believe that the Christ that was born in a manger, the Christ that went to the cross, the Christ who overcame death, the Christ who is resurrected, do we believe that He is the resurrection and the life? Do we believe that when He says that He is the Prince of Peace, do we believe that He is the one to bring us peace here? We sing about it, we talk about it, but very few people embrace it for what it is. I see a lot of good people with a lot of good intentions. Gosh, they want the peace. Man, they want just to have a life that can be more fulfilling. They want to have a life that, as they dream about it, a life that's pure, a life that's holistic. They want to mend this marriage or mend that broken relationship. They want to get off that addiction or whatever it might be. But they focus on it here, of what they know and what they've experienced. And they want to pull those good experiences in and reel them in as if peace can be something that you fish for, that you can bait and hook and bring in. And by bringing it in, that automatically means that you have it. No, peace is an existence that comes only through Christ. You and I don't catch it like we invite Christ in he radically transforms our lives and it is utterly different than anything that you and I could ever experience it is better than the best of what we can hope for it is better than the best things that we can envision or foresee because in Christ he is in the business of making all things new he turns your ashes into beauty he turns our wretchedness into glory he turns our hopelessness into hope. He turns our chaos into peace. Because what he speaks becomes realized. Where he dwells, the Most High dwells. There's hope, there's peace, there's solution. Peace is rest. So I ask you in the beginning, how do you envision peace? How do you get your hands around that? How do you embrace that reality? You embrace it by being embraced by Him. Peace is the state of existing in Christ, of being in Christ, resting in Him. And today as you sit in the padded pew... And you think, I was to ask you to make a list of things that need to be helped or fixed. Most of us can make a top ten list. I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. They need to do this. She needs to do that. He needs to do this. He needs to do this. Let all that go. Because all that really needs to happen is you need to fall down before the Lord Jesus Christ and let Him have you. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden or heavy burdened, and I will give 
you rest. The peace that you seek, the peace that you hope for, the reality that you so, so won't realize in your life, in your family, with your children, with your in-laws, outlaws, and everything in between. It begins and ends in Jesus Christ. The hope of the world, the Prince of Peace. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much. He loves us so much that he refuses to leave us alone. He wants you. He wants your brokenness. He wants our sinfulness. He wants it all. All the chaos, all the good, all the bad, all the ugly, all the things that we've said that we shouldn't have, all the things we should have said and didn't, all the things we've done and shouldn't have, and all the things we should have done and didn't do, all those things, everything. He wants all of it to be surrendered to Him. And then you know what? He gives us a blank slate. We find rest for our souls. And despite the commotion and the chaos and the tumultuous things that are going on round about us, we will have the ability to see beyond the storms, to rise above the floodwaters, to rise above the commotion and the chaos, and to experience Him because we are living in Him in our existence. Peace is rest. Jesus is peace. Jesus is rest. Do you have him? Does he have you? Let us pray. God, as we come to you today in this invitation, and God, as there are so many of us that have so many things going on, both good and bad, and our schedules are filled, and Lord, there are things that just we're not happy about with decisions that we've made with decisions that have been made for us Lord there is brokenness in this place there is brokenness in our marriages there's brokenness in our families we're yearning and longing for something amazing we've been praying for your work and your movement in our lives and sometimes God we have felt so alone we have felt deserted by you we have felt overwhelmed by all the circumstances, the storms, and everything else that have happened to us. God, we have been so defined by our mistakes. And God, we're not at rest. We are struggling. We are struggling with our identity in who we are and in whose we are. Father, may peace not be a goal that we just utter and speak about at Christmas as a way to give us a hope for the future. But may the peace that we speak about, may it be realized in our lives today. Because it is in this present time, God, that you want to work, that you can bring hope, you can bring rest to a busy life, a busy schedule, God, forgive us for focusing on all these externals. Forgive us for being overwhelmed. Forgive us 
for trying to schedule this and schedule that and get all these things in and miss the ultimate purpose of this holiday. Help us to find rest for our souls. For those that are struggling today, for families that are struggling today, this is the place that we meet Jesus. We just need to come to Jesus. Just as we are. All fouled up, messed up. God, Jesus Christ, did not come for the righteous. He did not come for the one that looks perfect in their part. He did not come for the one that was perfect. He came for the unrighteous. He came for the sinner. He came for the one that is broken, the one that's being defined by their brokenness and their circumstances. He came for that individual, and that individual is in this room. Those people are in this room. We are those type of people. And Lord, we need you now more than ever. We need your peace. We need you. We need you to reign in the innermost parts of the depths of who we are. God, we need you. Come to us, dear Jesus. Come in this moment of invitation. Come and help us to receive you. May your Holy Spirit speak to our hearts. And God, may you, may you usher in your presence, rest, peace for our soul that is so battered and torn and broken and hurt. For those of us who are experiencing a pain that just will not end. For those of us who have experienced brokenness and it seems that it's never, ever, we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. For those of us who've been praying and praying and praying that you would do something. We've been asking and seeking you to do something and we have fervently prayed for it and it's yet to be realized. God, we just want to surrender that today because we know that you, you Lord, have all the answers. And though our soul has been at unrest, we no longer want to hold that to ourselves. We want to experience you. So Lord, as we've we stand and as they sing, come to Jesus. As we sing that, may we come to you just as we are. Give us the courage and the strength to begin a fresh and new life. Lift our burdens. Let us speak to our hurts, our pains, and our needs. Give us the grace that we need to sustain us and point us to the eternal hope that's in your Son, Jesus Christ. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.